Equipping the saints with sound biblical instruction. This is K-Wave 107.9. Hello and welcome to Pastor's Perspective, sponsored by Calvary Chapel Costa Mesa. I'm Brian Perez and I am surrounded by soldiers in the Christian faith. I tell you, here in the studio with me, Brian Broderson from Calvary Chapel Costa Mesa and also Phil and Joy Metzger from Calvary San Diego, who made the trek up here to our studios in Orange County, California. But before they came here, they went even further up north. They were visiting with our friend Johnny Erickson Tata from the Johnny and Friends Ministry, and we have Johnny joining us online via Zoom, I think it is. So uh, it is so good to be here with all of you, and Johnny Erickson Tata, welcome once again to Pastor's perspective. Oh, it's it's just a joy to be with you and, of course, the rest of our friends uh, gathered around the table here. And who knows how many listening in for encouragement, right, Brian? Oh, for sure. For sure. We've got people listening online on the radio right now, watching us on Facebook and YouTube. And uh, we invite you, please, to share the video. If you are watching on Facebook and YouTube, share it on your social media page so that we can get uh, more people engaged, more people listening to this conversation. You guys are going to learn a lot on today's program, aren't they, Pastor Brian? Well, yes, I would imagine that they will. Johnny, it's so good to see you. Um, The last time I saw you was here on the grounds of our church when we had had a big event where we were um, collecting wheelchairs, wheelchairs, which there is going to be another event in the not-too-distant future where Mm -hmm. we're going to be doing that again. Where is that going to be this time? I was going to say tell everybody later on, but knowing me, I'll forget. So let me go ahead and say it now. And if I remember, I'll say it again later. But this is going to be in the city of Newberry Park, which is up in the Thousand Oaks area, which is great because we just recently purchased a new radio station that gets into that area, (laughs) AM 1110 K-Wave. That's in uh, Thousand Oaks neighborhood. So we're going to be there. It's on Friday, March 22nd at Lighthouse Church in Newberry Park. So you can get more details about that on the Johnny and Friends website, johnnyandfriends.org. And i got to tell everybody, Johnny, J-O-N-I, that's how it's spelled if you want to look it up online, johnnyandfriends.org. So, yes, the wheelchair collection. How, how, how did that happen? Or last year, how many wheelchairs did you guys collect? I, I know we did quite a few here at Calvary Chapel Costa Mesa that one day. Oh, yes. Well, nationally, we'll, we did over 6,000 wheelchairs. Mm. And I need to tell our friends listening what we do with these used but serviceable wheelchairs. Um, we hold collection drives, just like uh, we had there on the campus of Calvary Church Costa Mesa and the one coming up in Newberry. We collect hundreds of wheelchairs, child-sized wheelchairs, pediatric wheelchairs, recliners, whatever. And then we ship them, these wheelchairs collected that our friends listening will donate. Um, These wheelchairs, we ship them to prisons, Mm. uh, 16 to be exact. And we have agreements with their works education program directors that uh, prisoners will volunteer their time to shape up and shine up these wheelchairs and make them look like showroom new, mm. replace the wall ball bearings and the tires and the leather. And then we pack them up and with agreements with shipping companies, we send these wheelchairs overseas where they meet us in uh, the ports of places like Brazil, 
or Thailand or Cuba um, or in uh, the Middle East. Mm. And we deliver these wheelchairs to needy children and adults with disabilities mm. who have no wheelchair. Mm. For them, a wheelchair would be a, a year's salary. And so we wow. give them this wheelchair, mm. which, of course, is only an entree to then share the good news of Jesus and put a Bible in their hands in their own language mm. and connect them with the caring evangelical church wow. in their community <laughs> where we do disability ministry training. So mm. it's 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 collecting wheelchairs from our friends listening, mm. and ultimately that wheelchair will be a way of sharing the good news of Jesus with countless people with disabilities around the world. You know, Johnny, these are such extraordinary things, you know, that you're doing. Um and obviously, the the beneficiaries of these these acts of mercy, you know, sending wheelchairs around the world. Obviously, these people are probably just amazed that mm. somebody has even taken the time mm-hmm. to you know think to do something like that for them. But I was looking over the recent um, kind of newsletter that you guys sent out, you know, just about some of the different things you're doing, and I I think of how extraordinary it is. And I, I know this. You've had this question asked too many times before, and it's it's kind of a dumb question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Um, could you ever have even slightly imagined the extent to which God would use you? It's just it's it's outstanding. <laughs> oh, Pastor Brian, never, never would I have dreamed that God had all of this in mind. Uh, but when it all started, my heart was my heart's desire, Jesus. How can we get your good news into the hands of people with disabilities who will never darken the door of a church, who live in a dark bedroom, who must crawl across the street uh, to sit at the back door of a restaurant for a handout? How, how can we tell them about Jesus? And that was, I know, let's let's get a wheelchair. Let's mm. give them wheelchair. <laughs> yeah. That'll be a way to what? tell the gospel. Yeah. And then um, it was family retreats. I know what. These families need a break. They're weary. They're worn out. And so why don't we start family retreats as a way of sharing the good news of Jesus? All of our programs uh, get a start because it's a way mm-hmm. of giving the good news and also meeting a very practical need mm-hmm. uh, that relates to their disability. Yeah. But Pastor Bryant, never, ever, ever no. would I have dreamed that God would be doing all this, which is why yeah. I am humbled. Mm. I am awestruck, overwhelmed. Yeah. I don't consider it, quote, my ministry, although mm. it, it's called Johnny and Friends. Really, it's all about the friends. <laughs> yeah. My best friend is the friend of sinners, mm. yeah. Jesus. And, and uh, I just sit back and pray, pray, pray mm. that God will keep us pure, that he will keep our hearts clean, and that we will have uh, the resources needed to get the good news to the world's <coughs> billions of people mm-hmm. with disabilities. Yeah, now, mm-hmm. uh, of, of course, I, many of our listeners would know a little bit about your background and, and your story, but I, there's probably some people that don't know um, exactly what your story is. Would you mind just rehearsing that uh, quickly, Johnny? When you when you were here, you and I had a brief conversation. I don't know if you remember, but my mom had read your story, um, and she shared it with me way back when. And I remember 
uh, your story was honestly one of the first kind of Christian mm-hmm. stories I ever heard. You know, I, I grew up in a nominal Catholic world, and so, you know, I wasn't thinking much about God or any of that stuff. Yeah. And yet I remember when my mom, um, you know, I think she read either either read your book or maybe like a Reader's Digest or something that really touched her and impacted her, and she shared it with me. And it's such it's such an extraordinary situation again the the tragedy that has turned into this um, unbelievable blessing in so many ways so would you mind just a quick sort of an overview well real quickly um i was 17 years old i was a christian i was heading off to college and thinking about uh, a career and and maybe physical therapy Mm. and with my sister i i went uh, on a summer fling down to the beach to go swimming with her before both of us headed off in different directions to different colleges. And mm. and I saw this raft anchored offshore, swam out to it, did not check the depth, mm. took a ridiculously reckless dive, uh, and my head hit the sandy bottom of the shallow water, and it snapped my head back and crunched mm. my fourth and fifth cervical vertebrae, which uh, severed my spinal cord mm-hmm. and Goodness. to make a long story short i when doctors told me i'd be paralyzed for the rest of my life without use of my hands or my legs i it didn't compute mm-hmm. i could not think i could not believe that god would treat one of his children mm-hmm. so unfairly mm-hmm. and i kept thinking that God was asking too much of me. How can I trust him? Mm-hmm. How can I t- He's just asking too much this time. But a friend wisely suggested that I think about what God had already given me. Um, Romans 8, 32, he read, he read it by my hospital bedside. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, will he not also graciously give us all things? Mm-hmm. And my friend said, Johnny, you're suffering, no doubt about it, but let's think about what God has suffered. They ripped him to shreds. They hung him up like slaughtered meat on a hook. They left him to drain its blood. And my friend said, you know, Johnny, that would be enough if he did that to keep you out of hell. But amazing grace, he also did it to give you a home Mm -hmm. in heaven. And if God would do that for you, and don't you think he's more than trustworthy? And I, I, I had to agree. I, I had to agree. And mm. and I guess if our friends listening are going through some tough times or feeling like God has given them too much to bear or he's asking too much of them, and how in the world can I trust God, God in this awful situation? I always tell people the best place to start, look at Christ on the cross. Look at what he did mm. to rescue you from hell mm-hmm. uh, and also give you a home in heaven. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Jesus died to, to rescue us from hell. He did not die necessarily to rescue us from hell on earth. Mm. There are going to be some tough times. Mm-hmm. Suffering is very hard. Yeah. But that's why the hope that we have as Christians is so buoyant. It's so, mm-hmm. I don't know, it, it just gives such joy and optimism. Mm. Everything in the end is going to turn out okay. We've got a home in heaven mm-hmm. where 
tears and pain will be erased mm-hmm. where there'll be no more night or sorrow or sighing mm-hmm. and we will have everlasting joy and i'll have a new body that works and mm. and it's going to be for eternity yeah. eternity mm. so what is a few mm-hmm. i don't know a few short decades of mm. hardship down here on earth if indeed our godly response to it <clears throat> wins us a greater reward in heaven and more glory yeah the lord yeah i think that we got great passage and in, in that same chapter of romans the um the suffering of the present time mm-hmm. is not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in us i mean that that is that is a reality but johnny i wonder mm-hmm. i'm just curious so so you're 17 all of this happens your friends there at your bedside kind of sharing these things with you I, when did it when did it really sort of click for you that okay this isn't the end of my life um and god has a purpose for my life despite what has happened to me how did that you know again we're talking about now all these decades later and we look back at this amazing history of how extraordinarily God has used you. Yeah. But there must have been a, a a point where you just suddenly, I mean, you know, you sort of had the option. Either I'm just going to sort of lay here and, you know, kind of be depressed, which anybody would understand doing that, or I'm going to get on and see what God can do with my life. How did that, how did that happen? Mm-hmm. Well, Brian, I got tired of my self-pity for one thing. <laughs> yeah. It just became suffocating. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had, in fact, asked my um, sister to leave me in the bedroom, turn the lights out, pull the drapes, shut the door, just just leave me alone. And I, I was like that for two weeks. I only took meals and water, but that was it. I didn't get up in my wheelchair. The drapes remained closed. I didn't even watch television. I just slept and fantasized, mm. fantasized and slept. And then finally, the fantasies became boring (laughs) and i prayed a very short prayer god if i can't die and you got to show me how to live Mm. because i cannot do this i have no strength for this i don't know how to do it wow um but your bible your word tells me i can do all things through you Mm. as you strengthen me and it was shortly thereafter brian and here's the here's the turning point when after i prayed that prayer show me how to live I had to go back to the rehabilitation clinic uh, mm. for an exam. And when I arrived, this was like three three years later, whatever. When I arrived, I went up the elevator, got off the elevator. And there to my left was a, a young man in a wheelchair uh, sitting there sit, smoking a cigarette. And uh, I couldn't believe it. Mm. I can't remember his name now. I wish I could. But I know that I asked him, I can't believe you're still here after, after what, two, three years? Mm. And he said to me, he turned his face to me, it was a face of despair. And through his smoke, smoky cigarette, he said, I'm just waiting to die. Mm. Mm. Wow. And I thought, oh, my goodness. The, God, I hear a call. Mm. <laughs> I hear a call. Yeah. It's straight from heaven. Mm. And if I can serve, if I can serve you on behalf of of people like this young man sitting there next to the elevator, then I have a feeling my light is mm-hmm. going to break forth like the dawn. My healing will quickly appear, emotional at least, mm-hmm. and my righteousness will go before me, and the glory of the Lord will be my rear guard. I just mm-hmm. got this 
vision that this was uh, this was what I was supposed to do. Mm. Help people like this guy sitting there by the elevator. Wow, hmm. that's now, that was, incredible. That was uh, yeah. almost forty three, four, five years ago. Oh, I remember to have a gosh. Um, our anniversary is this year at Johnny and Friends. Forty five years, or forty five mm. years later, oh, wow. uh, that that young man. Um, mm. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Reaching people like him, and I'm yeah. excited about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is so amazing. So, Phil and Joy, you, you guys were just, you literally just drove <laughs> down from yes. being up with Johnny and mm-hmm. friends. Yep. And um, so jump in here and yes. tell us. We're just enjoying this conversation. Well, yeah. And I'm just in awe over here. I am just, I can't believe I'm meeting one of my greatest heroes of the faith. And I want you to know, Johnny, that I am one of those people that have been greatly impacted by your life and ministry. And I think that you really shifted something, and maybe it's just my own personal testimony, but within my Christian faith and calling of understanding that God can use us, not outside of our weakness and our disability and our dis- you know, and our brokenness, but in it, in it, He uses us. And that's been the testimony of your life. And I just want you to know that that has literally been the impact in my life in ministry is that God will use me in in spite of me and in my brokenness that he is great and strong and so I just want to say thank you for the impact that you've made on my life and that's something joy I'm so grateful because suffering comes at us right yeah. in all shapes and sizes you don't have to be a quadriplegic mm. um, you know to, to understand that mm. what the Bible has to say to people like you and me who mm-hmm. go through various afflictions, it's our it's the lowest common denominator. It's it's common to us all. That's right. And and, and Bible verses that uh, that encourage us in our suffering. Mm. Um, they're 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 they work for everyone. That's right. Anyone mm. absolutely suffers afflictions. Thank you, Joy. I think mm-hmm. you hear that. Yeah, Johnny, we had such a good time getting to go up there and see the studio, see the whole just the ministry. Mm-hmm. The, Okay, but and and I I want to get to talk about I know we want to get to talk about your new book I want to talk yes. about this I promise but I got to ask you I mean from somebody who has no artistic abilities whatsoever mm-hmm. I was blown away yes. at all the artwork oh. uh, that you have done that yes. was displayed at Johnny and Friends it's stunning it's absolutely stunning inspiring yeah and tell people about this artwork because if they know your story they know that you don't have use of your hands so people wonder wait she's an artist how is this possible so johnny how do you do that okay wait i have one other (laughs) component to add to that question because i was thinking about this very thing and the question was were you artistic I already know the answer. Before, when you when you were younger, and you already know. The <laughs> I know answer. the answer. I've been at the studio. I okay, know. so Johnny's going to tell. I us. want Johnny to tell it. <laughs> Hold on, let me let me show you one thing. Grab that face of anguish. It's right at the top of mm-hmm. the table. I'm going to show you, friends, something. Um, but let me answer that question. No, I do not have use of my hands. My my fingers can't hold uh, brushes or pencils. And when my occupational therapist uh, told me when I was in the hospital, Johnny. You can no longer use uh, your hands, so now you have to learn how to do things with your mouth. Mm-hmm. And um, she, I was, a, I was an artist beforehand. I, okay. I draw your senior picture for five dollars. <laughs> <laughs> but when she said to me, Johnny, uh, wheel up to the easel here and uh, it, it, put down on paper what is going through your mind. What, what are you thinking right now, being newly disabled? And this is what I drew. 
Can you guys see this? <gasps> yes. Yes. Oh my goodness. No, come back there. There you go. That you that is what you drew when she put the pencil in your mouth and said, draw what's on your Oh my goodness. Yeah. But you know what? That's not just my portrait in the hospital. Mm-hmm. That's Joy's portrait. Mm, that's right. That's everybody's portrait. That's right. Anyone's portrait who is mm. going through uh, suffering that makes you ask the kind of questions I shared earlier. Yeah. God, I can't do this. Mm-hmm. I have no strength for this. Mm-hmm. Um, you're asking too much of me. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, you said earlier, Joy, that, you know, suffering teaches you many things from the Bible and, and uh, uses you. And it's mm-hmm. God has a plan and a purpose. But s- sometimes I think as of late, because mm. I've gotten older in this wheelchair, as of late, I've been thinking that I think God uses suffering to show us the heart of Christ. I agree. Yeah. I don't know that I would know God totally. were it not for being drawn closer to him in my suffering. Yeah. Yeah. I get to know the man of sorrows acquainted with my grief. Mm. I get to know this one who was ripped to shreds and hung up on a on a cross like slaughtered meat. Mm. I get to know him mm. and hear his heartbeat and tenderness and gentleness. And it's l- lately, I've just thought that's that, that may be God's main reason for our mm. suffering, that we just get pressed up against Jesus mm-hmm. in order to know him better. Mm. You know? Yeah, it's so good. If you've just joined us, you're listening to Pastor's Perspective. I'm Brian Perez, and we've got a very special guest joining us today. It's Johnny Erickson Tata from the Johnny and Friends Ministry. Here in the studio with me, we've got Brian Broderson and Phil and Joy Metzger, who made the trip from uh, Calvary, San Diego. And uh, yeah, we're just talking to our friend Johnny Erickson Tata. And, you know, all this, uh, we've been having the conversation about what happened with the diving accident and everything and all the suffering you've endured through, since then and being in the wheelchair. But the suffering continues, for lack of a better word. And, you know, you've been you've had cancer diagnoses and you've been in the hospital recently and just all these things that how much can one person take, Johnny, whenever I know personally, when I when I've heard that something else has happened to you, I just Lord, really? I mean, I don't know. Maybe I, you, <laughs> that's that's just me. That's just Brian talking to his dad. You know, like really? Well, I'm going to answer that with First Peter chapter two, verse twenty-one, where it says, "To this we were called, yeah. because Christ suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow in His steps." And you know, the hardest thing about that verse is not necessarily the physical hardship; it is the it's the spiritual hardship mm-hmm. because basically um, right there in that verse, God is asking us to become like Christ in his death and to put to death all the envy, the greed, the gossip, the slander, the manipulating with the precisely timed phrases, the fudging of the truth, the you know hogging the spotlight, not sharing credit where credit is due, cherishing inflated ideas of our own importance. I mean, this is all sin. Mm-hmm. Is what it is. It's sin, but it's everyday life for us. And God is asking us, you know, how much can one take? Whatever it takes to kill all that that I just mentioned, the the sin in your life that separates you from the joy and gladness of God. So God is going to do whatever it takes for you to put to death um, the sin Mm -hmm. that Christ died for on his cross. Mm -hmm. Take up your cross daily and die to the sin that he died for on his cross. That's kind of what it means to be like a minute's death. Mm-hmm. So 
I think God will do whatever it takes. Yeah. But, you know, he gets grace, grace upon grace. And it's, mm. it's grace that makes you, I don't know, so satisfied and happy in the midst of your most dire circumstances. Mm. And, mm. and um, you're right, Brian, I was in the hospital and I did question God. Are you asking too much now? Because there was a night when I in fact, Brian, it was right after the wheelchair drive at Costa Mesa when I got oh. I got sick. I landed in a hospital for a mm. total of 45 days with oh. two different bouts of double pneumonia. And there was one night, Brian, oh, when and Philip and everybody, there was one night when I was gurgling. I mean, the, the, the stuff was coming up mm. in my mm. lungs. And this is where I thought, God, you're asking too much. Mm-hmm. You really are. And then uh, I survived that night. And and God had a word for me the next morning, and it was from Matthew 20, verse 28. And it was, the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. Mm. Johnny gets serving. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and I knew what he meant. Mm. Because the, the medical aid, the nurse in training, the janitor, the cafeteria lady bringing in my tray to the hospital room, these were all people who didn't know Jesus. Mm-hmm. And God was asking me to forget yourself mm-hmm. and uh, get serving these people. So in the middle of the night, this was so funny, at 4 a.m. when uh, the night nurse came in to do my, you know, check my vitals. His name was James, I'll never forget. And um, through my you know, bleary eyes, I'm half asleep at 4 a.m. And he's pumping up my arm for the blood pressure cuff. And I said, James. You know what? You are so like Jesus. Mm-hmm. And he looked at me and through the shadows, kind of askew, like, what? <laughs> I said, James, you are. Because Jesus came not to be served, but to serve. And just look at you. You're serving me. And you're serving all these others. This elevates what you're doing. You're not just a nurse. Mm-hmm. You, you, you may well be an ambassador of the best virtue God has to offer us. Mm-hmm. Service. And that really changed his heart mm. and he came back in the next night and wanted to ask me questions oh. husband ken followed up with it and think of it guys even jesus on the cross on his mm. deathbed as it were was serving yeah you know the thief next to him and his mother at the foot of the cross and mm-hmm. the roman soldiers forgiving mm-hmm. him and and um well yeah wow. we're called to serve even when it's the hardest mm-hmm. but when we do oh the joy mm-hmm. and the satisfaction to know that we're right wedged in the middle of God's will. It's such a, <laughs> so a wonderful feeling. Yeah. Wow. Gosh. It, yeah. That, that's <sighs> amazing. I, I've had, I've had my, you know, mild bouts of suffering over the years. And I've often said, okay, this is enough, Lord. I, I've already had enough. You know, I've, I've been through that. I don't need, I don't need any more. You know, so my tolerance, um, level is much much lower ours is a little lower yeah Yeah, we need we need grace in that you know oh they're good bang bingo that's it we need grace. we all need grace yeah i should not be the exception Mm -mm. right Um, i want i want to come back around to this before before the program ends but i i and i'm and i'll i'll share i read just a little brief um paragraph or so from an article today and and it was talking about kind of the the people today and particularly maybe the younger generation who they basically live probably better than most people in the world but somehow they think their their lives are filled with trauma and they're suffering and things like that 
And I want to, before we finish the program today, Johnny, I'd love you to speak into that because it is, it is a bit of a epidemic with a younger generation that I was talking to a friend yesterday and she was telling me about another friend who's kind of moving on from a ministry that we're involved in. And she said, you know, her mental health isn't well. And I just, I just had to say like, I mean, what, you know, what do you mean her mental health? She's beautiful. She's talented. She's, she's all of these things. Why is she having a mental health issue? And it's almost like society has sort of just imposed this thing on this younger generation like, oh, you know, you, you've got it tougher than anybody's ever had it. And so um, I think it would be good if we could maybe uh, not not now. I'm just kind of setting up for that. We we're going to go to a break in a second, but um, but there's plenty of other things to talk about between now and then. Especially want to get into some of um, the contents of your yeah your the book. new book. Yep. Yeah, the book, and we want to wait. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, before you go to the book, you articulated that so well, and I have no answer for it except this is a stronghold. Yeah. Uh, the, the God of this age has blinded uh, yes. the eyes of the people, yeah. of young people especially. And so I think this is a, 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 a call to prayer, yeah. spiritual stronghold kind mm-hmm. of praying, yeah. where, you know, you ask God to just demolish, you know, these these uh, yeah. thinking, these philosophies that grip the hearts and minds yes. of young people. Absolutely. Yeah. And when you encounter them, to be honest, to talk mm-hmm. about your own struggles and not to, you know, kind of like soften or yield or bend or or you know make more palatable your testimony just come out and say mm-hmm. yep i'm a mm. sinner and you are too mm. and we need help friend <laughs> Amen. Yeah. i mean just, our, just johnny i need to interrupt because we've got to take our break here on pastor's perspective our guest is johnny erickson tata and uh, we will come back in just a few minutes if you're watching on facebook and youtube make sure you share this online stream with your friends on your favorite platforms. We will be back with Johnny Erickson Tata in a moment. We're back on Pastor's Perspective. I'm Brian Perez. Thank you very much for joining us today. And thanks for watching us on Facebook and YouTube as well. In the studio with me, we've got Brian Broderson, the senior pastor of Calvary Chapel Costa Mesa. We've also got Phil and Joy Metzger, who serve at Calvary San Diego. And joining us on Zoom, none other than Johnny Erickson Tata. And you can find out more about Johnny and her ministry at johnnyandfriends.org. Johnny is spelled J-O-N-I. We've only got like 25 minutes left on the program, and there is so much still. I mean, we can have you here for hours, Johnny, to talk about everything that you guys do at Johnny and Friends. Uh, We want to talk about the new book that you recently came out with. It's called The Practice of the Presence of Jesus. It's available on johnnyandfriends.org. It's also on our flagship radio station's website, kwave.com. Click on the store, and uh, you should be able to find it there. But uh, we'll get to that a little bit later. I think Phil Metzger wanted yes. to bring something up right now. Yeah. So we were, you know, Joy and I both lived in Eastern Europe for over 20 years and had great interaction with ministries that were happening there. And I want to give you a chance to talk about Johnny's house, Johnny's houses, because we understand that you're opening a new one in Serbia. And this is like home for us. We love Serbia, love the people over there. We were so excited to be here, and you were going to be doing this. So maybe you could introduce 
what Johnny's houses are to the audience, and then maybe we could talk about the one in Serbia specifically. Well, thank you for asking about Johnny's house. Uh, the idea for this program came up during COVID when we realized that people with disabilities around the world, the wheelchairs weren't the main thing. Food was the main thing. Mm -hmm. Access to good medical care was the main thing. Um, financial help was the main thing. And so we designed Johnny's House uh, in partnership with wonderful friends, good friends around the world who are like-minded, like-hearted. Um, Johnny's House is a house, a facility mm -hmm. uh, that we build that uh, provides um, biblical counseling for couples who are struggling with the uh, demands of disability, maybe a child with autism. Uh, we build Johnny's houses also to provide medical support, scholarshiping uh, children with disabilities uh, to go to have surgery and then come back and do their post-op recuperation at Johnny's house and hear all about Jesus. And Johnny's house also provides hygiene kits, physical therapy, um, as I said, food. Uh, it's a wonderful way to meet the practical needs of disability um, in, a, in a changing, rapidly changing world where people with disabilities aren't even on the lowest rung of the socioeconomic ladder. They've, they've fallen off that rung Definitely. and people mm. have forgotten them. Mm -hmm. And so Johnny's house, we don't forget them. We mm -hmm. give them the practical things they need and the good news of Jesus. This is all from the hand of Jesus Christ himself, we tell these people. Now, the Johnny's house, well, the Johnny houses that we currently have uh, in Uganda, uh, Nepal, El Salvador, Peru, but I'm so excited about the groundbreaking that's happening this week over in Opovov, uh, uh, Serbia. Yeah. And let me tell you why I'm excited about it. In the 1990s, I served on uh, President uh, George Bush's um, Disability Advisory Committee to the U.S. State Department, mm -hmm. and I served under Condoleezza Rice. And uh, at one of our uh, meetings, we heard from a human rights uh, worker in Serbia, and he showed us film of uh, <sighs> disabled children in psychiatric institutions, mm -hmm. just cribs and cribs, rows and rows, mm -hmm. room after room of abandoned children with disabilities, some teenagers with disabilities, but they were so small, gaunt, sunken eyed, tied to their cribs, rocking back and forth and back and forth mm -hmm. uh, for lack of staffing and for lack of care from the community. This broke my heart. Mm -hmm. And of course, having traveled to 57 countries, I knew uh, the plight of children with disabilities. I had seen children warehoused in institutions, but not, not on the scale of what I saw uh, on these films from Serbia. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I came back to Johnny and friends and I said, friends, we need to pray. We've got to expand our global outreach. We've got to um, structure our resources so that we can do something in the future that's going to help address this. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm thrilled to tell you that's why I'm very excited about the Johnny's house in Serbia. 
Uh, we were able to do this in Serbia because for years we've been developing friendships at Hub Bible College, which used to be Belgrade Bible College. They and uh, have partnered with us in holding international family retreats. We've made friends with many churches doing disability ministry training. And the Serbians long ago saw that they wanted to make a change in those institutions as well. So this Johnny's House is uh, is part of making that a reality. And I couldn't be happier that we will be able to provide training, food, supplies, volunteers, medical help uh, to not only these children, but to countless others through Johnny's House in Serbia. And I want to thank you and, and Joy for ministering all those years in Serbia. You guys laid the gospel ground <laughs> seeds that have borne abundant fruit in the hearts and lives of Serbian Christians now. They have a passion to reach out to Serbian families with disabilities in their own nation and, and uh, turn around the culture uh, to make it disability friendly rather than to ignore those with the most critical disability. So thank you. Well, I appreciate you saying that. I was looking up, you know, while we were talking, looking up your, like what's happening in Serbia and Johnny and Friends and, and find out to discover, and I had to show Pastor Brian right away, some of our very dear friends have been working with you. They even translated your first book, uh, The Savolkas. <laughs> They've been missionaries with us for oh decades, oh and their daughter uh, has special needs, and that brought them in contact with you. And uh, that's just really special that there's been a long, long, long connection. Well, I'll there. tell you <laughs> something more, a little more detailed about that. Greg Sildoka, uh was a young kid in our youth group when I was pastoring down in uh, Vista, California. Wow. And his whole family was part of the church. And when we began to go in and do outreach into Eastern Europe, I took Greg. He was had just turned 18 years old. And we got into Serbia. We started ministering. The guy picked up the language in like two yeah. weeks. Wow. It's like, wait, what, what's going on? And then he ended up saying, I think I'm just going to stay here. <laughs> so Greg has been in mm -hmm. Serbia since 1990. Wow. That was when we went Easy. in. And uh, somebody was just in Serbia. Somebody else was just doing a conference. They um, Another uh, group of our friends yeah. was doing a preaching conference, right. and they were telling me about this guy that's there. And I'm going, "That's like, Craig." Yeah, that's Craig. Yeah. <laughs> so what a small world! Such small this world. Kingdom of God small thing. World. I love that so much. And I also wanted to just mention what great work you guys are doing, just for our listening and viewing audience. In Ukraine, we had a great opportunity, Joy and I, I think it was a year ago, to interview your director, field director, that was visiting here. We did an interview with her, Galina, I believe it was, and uh, is, and it's fantastic what you guys, excuse me, what you guys are doing there in Ukraine to this day. So important. It goes very under, um, people just don't know, but we do, and we're so thankful for all that you guys are doing there for these families, because they, they need what you're doing, and it's wonderful. Yes, not only is your ministry international, excuse me to interrupt you, but the impact that you've made on us internationally throughout Europe, I mean, our time in Hungary and in Serbia and throughout Ukraine, and now I have been so greatly impacted by your Johnny and Friends family retreats, being able to be here in San Diego serving the churches and the families. I, I had my first privilege of serving at your retreat um, two years ago. And that was just such a life-changing privilege of my existence, really. So I'm so thankful. 
Well, what? I'm thankful too. This summer we'll hold 43 uh, retreats for families struggling with disability all across the U.S. 43. And international will hold 63. Amazing. And uh, it's for it's because of people like Galina yeah. and mm-hmm. our friends in uh, Serbia, uh, Slaja Milosevic, and uh, and so many others that we can do mm-hmm. this. So Incredible. I'm just thrilled that you have been on Family Retreat and have enjoyed the blessing you receive when you serve, right? Exactly. exactly. So what is the family retreat and how do people get involved? Who's it for? How do we sign up, etc.? Well, family retreat is uh, five days of hands down, slam dunk, all the mm-hmm. chart. Fun. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's fun. a good description. I love how you say that. <laughs> special needs families never have fun. Yeah. Mm. They never get a break. They never get respite. They hardly ever mm-hmm. take vacation. And uh, this time they can come with their whole family uh, even that child with significant autism mm-hmm. um, who keeps running away, children with seizures. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, 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 it, disability is just the common thing at any one of our family retreats. Mm-hmm. So moms and dads don't have to feel embarrassed. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't have to feel frightened to let their child go off with a trained volunteer. We want to make it possible for these moms and dads to get a break. Uh, for their families to have fun, for the siblings mm-hmm. to meet other siblings of kids with disabilities and mm-hmm. find their commonality. Um, it's just a wonderful time of worship, uh, Bible instruction, mm-hmm. and one-on-one biblical counseling mm-hmm. yeah. for some of the issues that uh, that these families struggle with. Kids with, uh, with uh, disabilities, um, learning about uh, self-image, how to mm-hmm. develop a healthy self-image mm-hmm. when you're a wheelchair user. Mm-hmm. Uh, moms and dads ready to divorce. Well, let's give it one more go and let's mm-hmm. hang in there and hear yeah. some biblical principles that will help you hang in there uh, mm-hmm. for your spouse. So family reads are just a, just a lifesaver yeah. for uh, moms and dads, kids with special needs and their siblings. Mm-hmm. And we've got a couple here in Southern California. Mm-hmm. You can go online to johnnyandfriends.org and sign up as a volunteer with joy. Yeah. Or you can go up to any number of the retreats north of here in Fresno and, and uh, Scotts Valley near south of San Francisco, mm-hmm. uh, northern uh, Oregon, Washington, um, uh, over in Arizona. There's mm-hmm. lots of family retreats happening here on the West Coast uh, where you might sign up, sign up where it'll fit in your schedule yes. and, and serve and be blessed. And I want to say to, if you're listening and you're wondering, I'm telling you, you should, if you're a pastor, get your church to get involved. Yes. It's yes. fantastic. Mm-hmm. I, I got to, I mean, I just dropped her off and picked mm-hmm. her up. Mm-hmm. And the that talent show was the greatest, most, ex- <laughs> that was the most fun mm-hmm. uh, I'd so had. It was, it was just a blast. It, it was so inspiring to us. We started down in our area, a uh, we call it the best day ever. It's a special needs egg hunt mm-hmm. just for kids in our community to get to come who have uniqueness that needs special, you know, ways of, you know, accommodations. And it is the most fun. I, I think for people who've never tried serving or served in this area, you will get way more than you give. Every time. Every time. Go ahead. Definitely. It's so true. And that's so, Johnny, that's yeah. so your witness is like, we cannot inspire people enough. If you have people in your life who are affected by disability, please make a way for them to go to these family retreats. It is such an encouragement. And for I know I was intimidated, if I'm honest, to volunteer. I felt, you know, under, you know, experience. I didn't have all the training, but I went just open and the Lord met me in such a powerful way. I will never be the same after that retreat. I got to be with your associate Shauna and her daughter Sarah was my buddy 
And she has impacted my life forever. The, her Elvis impersonation will, you know, I'll never see Elvis the same way. Anyway. She's all about Elvis. I have seen Sarah's Elvis impersonations online. Those are those are great. Yes. Life changing. She does her Elvis impressions so good. <laughs> I'm very curious. I've got to go check this. Yeah, we'll we'll you send you videos. It's, no, it's, you need to go, Brian. You just need you to just go. go. Seriously. Well, you know, for many, many years, Johnny, of course, you would know this, that yeah. we host at Marietta, mm-hmm. um, yes. we hosted these retreats for many, many years. And of course, we sold the property a few years ago, so we're yeah. no longer able. But I think it seems to me like there was some conversation that we were trying to figure if, out if we could do something. So I, I don't know. I don't want to, I, I can't remember exactly what the oh, details well, we were, but I know. We'd love to go back to that Marietta Hot Springs oh, yeah. retreat. You let us know if it ever opens up. Yeah. We well, need to know, petition them to open yeah, a week so. just for something like yeah, this. I Good advertising. I bet they would them. because a number yep. of, of our former employees are actually employed there and they're they're kind of running the whole center. Oh. I mean, it's a different thing now than sure. it was, obviously, but yeah. We'll Good see marketing what we can for do. them, though. Yeah, that would yeah. Be great. Yeah, it's wonderful. Really, really great. Um, hey, do you mind if I pivot to talk about the book? I know we're kind of we're getting a little bit shorter on time. That would be fine. The book is called "The Practice of the Presence of Jesus," and it's. I want to know how you you why you decided to cover this particular book because it's based on someone from the 16th century or something. And people, where did you find? How did you know about this person? Well, uh, Brother Lawrence, uh, his name is, he was a, um, a Carmelite monk in France in the 1600s. Uh, he grew up in a poor family. He thought, fought in the Thirty Years' War, became disabled, crawled his way to a monastery, and they gave him the job of uh, scrubbing pots and pans and scrubbing the latrines and the floors, and very humble man. And he wrote letters, which were eventually collected uh, into a book. And uh, it was it was published uh, posthumously after Brother uh, Lawrence's death, and it became wildly popular. And in fact, when I was in high school, the practice of the presence of God was called. Uh, everybody was reading it. I don't think many people know about mm-hmm. Brother Lawrence now. Mm-hmm. I mean, this was 50 years ago when I read it. But during COVID in 2020, uh, all of us were reading things from our bookshelves because we were sequestered away. And I pulled down that old tattered <laughs> copy from high school, um, Brother Lawrence's The Practice of the Presence of God. And when I read it, I said, oh, my goodness, this is what I'm doing, except I'm doing it with Jesus. <laughs> and so it, it, it occurred to me, it would be good to write down the things that I was learning every day that would help people practice Christ's presence. Mm. And it is a practice. It is something you have to fight for. You have to struggle to do, but you can do it with the grace of God. So I just want to say to our listening friends, if you have been encouraged by what we've been talking about here today, so many of these various insights that I've shared are packed in that book, Brian. Mm -hmm. And again, it's called The Practice of the Presence of Jesus. Mm -hmm. Um, And I referenced Brother Lawrence, one of his quotes, and then on the opposite page, I I share uh, some insights from what, uh, in, in, in what ways I practice the presence of Christ. And I, I know it would encourage our readers, our listeners. Mm-hmm. And it has your artwork throughout, correct? Wow. Yes, it does. Yeah. And, uh, mm-hmm. and I, I, am, I am the most blessed quadriplegic in the world. I really am. I cannot imagine anybody, mm-hmm. any quadriplegic like me, as blessed. Mm-hmm. And, and, I, and it just makes me want to keep sharing 
the blessings with others. Um, he's given me so much. I just want to pass it on. Mm-hmm. I want to pass that so much on to others so that they can experience what I have experienced. And that's really the reason for family retreats for me. Mm-hmm. It's a way of passing on blessings to other families. My books are a way of passing on the blessings of what I've learned in my wheelchair and God's word. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, everything I do is just, mm-hmm. you know, I, I can't hoard the blessings. They will only rot like manna tomorrow. I've got to pass them on to somebody else who's, whose life situation is more challenging than mine. So, Johnny, there's, there's two things. Um, I think, from the book that I wanted to ask you about. And one of them is, you say, stay alert to the commands of Christ since your life is a cosmic battlefield. Yep. Wow. Wow. What what, what does that mean? (laughs) Well, for the the person who feels as though their life is the most ordinary, most mundane, some Christian out there who thinks my my life is so mediocre, it doesn't count. I'll tell you what, if that's you listening, Mm -hmm. just know that every day when you wake up, you step onto a battlefield where the mightiest forces in the universe converge in warfare. Mm -hmm. That's how important your soul is. So don't Diminish your soul. Don't squander it. Don't Mm. give it away to lower lusts. No, reserve it for Christ. Strengthen it. Get into God's word. You're in a battle. Mm. You got to fight to be happy in Christ. It's a fight, but it's a good fight. Mm. And it's worth eternal rewards that we cannot even begin to imagine. Mm. So so get the 35,000 foot view on your life. You're not mediocre. You're not ordinary. You, you, your life does count. And, and as I said, uh, the devil is very interested in, 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 in targeting you in whatever way he can, but mm. you have got a savior mm-hmm. who has already won the war. Mm-hmm. So remember tomorrow morning when you wake up, you're going to step onto a battlefield. It's, it's going to be hot and heavy. The struggle is mm. going to be very hard, but uh, yeah. you know, so many, so many people that I talk to uh, about things like that, they often say something like this. Well, you know, kind of like I'm nobody. I mean, why would uh, it's hard for them to believe that there is a cosmic battle over their lives? They mm-hmm. might look at other people and say, "Well, I get it. Yeah, I, I get it with them, but I'm just me. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm just like this insignificant." Mm-hmm. Um, no, nobody even knows me. Why would the devil want to harass me? Mm. Um, that, that is common. I think, mm-hmm. um, we hear that. So what do you, what do you say to that person, Johnny? Well, I cannot recall where Jesus said about how you are worth, um, you know, your soul is worth more than all the wealth of the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just think about that. Your soul, mm-hmm. you who think you are nobody, mm-hmm. your soul mm-hmm. is worth more than all the treasures, mm-hmm. all the wealth, mm-hmm. all the gold, all this, everything. It's worth more than all of that. Yeah. Your soul is is that precious in the sight of mm-hmm. God. And so don't waste it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't wake up tomorrow and just squander it. Yes. Like I said, on lower lusts. Mm-hmm. Get into the Bible and find out what God has to say to you because you were bought with a price. Mm, yeah. And oh my goodness, what a price you were purchased at. Therefore, it says in 1 uh, Corinthians 6, therefore honor God with your body, mm. honor him, mm. get into his word, 
Start reading biographies of valiant Christians who endured much, mm-hmm. and that will elevate your thinking. It will uplift your vision. Mm-hmm. It will expand your heart. It will stretch your soul's capacity for God, and you won't think you're a nobody anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Amen to that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Um, I, I think um, may, maybe one last thing really quick, too, is— um, I mean, this this whole idea of the presence of Jesus, mm-hmm. I do think that we probably all experience this. I know I do. You can get so caught up in, you know, your Christian life, your duties and your work and your, you know, all of these things. And then suddenly you go, oh, Jesus. Yeah, I, I forgot yeah, about him. Exactly. <laughs> you know, so, so you said something here. Johnny, that I think is is just a great way to probably wrap things up. You said remaining in Christ is not like plugging yourself into a power source until your spiritual batteries read 100%. A healthy relationship with Jesus is an abiding one. Mm. Remaining in him is not sporadic or occasional, Mm -hmm. like popping in on a good friend when you need his help. Be the branch that needs the vine. Yes. I love that. Yes. Wow. I do too, because Jesus is the vine and we are the branches mm-hmm. and we can't unplug from our vine. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. Uh, Jesus says elsewhere in John chapter 6, verse 56, I think it is. He says, whoever eats my flesh mm. and drinks my blood remains in me and I in him abides in me might be a better way of saying it. Mm-hmm. And that's how I want to live life. I want to eat the flesh of Christ and drink his blood. I want him to be my nourishment. I I want him to be my living water, my bread of life, everything that I ingest. I just want him to to, to saturate me mm-hmm. with his love and with his grace. And it's something that, um, wow, you got to do constantly yeah. because tomorrow morning I will wake up feeling like I don't want to get out of this bed. <laughs> my hip hurts so bad. Oh, God, I have no smile for this woman who's coming into the bedroom. I don't want to face this day. I had too many appointments. I just want to. I I cannot do today, but I can do all things through you. Mm. As you strengthen me, you just got to constantly be saying that. (laughs) Amen. Oh, Brian. That's right. That is. Did. You moment guys, moment. did you guys get to talk again about the? Remember at the break we were talking about the woman with the mental health issue. Did we wrap that um, up? Well, Johnny, kind of, you know, yeah. she and I think you're right, Johnny. I think it is. It's one of those moments in time where the God of this age is blinding the minds of those who don't believe. We know that He already does that, but there is like a delusional thing that's just come up on so many, mm-hmm. and people are believing lies is essentially what's happening. And I mean that's. Our job, right, is to get the gospel out, mm-hmm. which is the truth, and to let people know that no, you, you're like, like Johnny's saying, you know, your, your soul. What would it profit a person to gain the whole world and lose their soul? Your soul is worth more than anything. Mm-hmm. You're made in the image of God. God has, I think, more than ever before. I want to tell people, God has a plan for your life. Exactly. He has a way better plan than you could ever dream of. Right. You need to get into the center of it. I think it's something I love so much, Johnny, about what you do is that you you focus on such a it's a hopeful gospel. Mm-hmm. It's not a it's not a pessimistic gospel. Yeah. It's a really hopeful gospel that mm-hmm. there is so much hope because of Jesus. Yeah. So thank you for doing that. Yes, thank you so oh. much for your example. And thank you, friends. Uh, Brian, thank you for what you do uh, at K Wave and, mm-hmm. 
and elsewhere. I mean, just to continue to get the gospel out. I'm sure our conversation today has touched the hearts of many listeners. Yes, I think so. <laughs> Johnny Erickson Tata has been our guest on Pastor's Perspective. You can find out more about her family retreats and her new book and the uh, wheelchair collection happening March 22nd in Newberry Park, California. We would love to see you there that day. And uh, just so much going on at Johnny and Friends. Johnnyandfriends.org is the website. Johnny is spelled J-O-N-I, so make sure you check that out. And man, what a blessing it's been. It's always a blessing to have Johnny Erickson Tata on our program. Phil and Joy Metzger, thank you for joining us. Brian Broderson, good to see you. I'm Brian Perez. God bless you. Pastor's Perspective was sponsored by Calvary Chapel Costa Mesa. Equipping the saints with sound biblical instruction. This is K-Wave 107.9.